This episode is brought to you by Indie Insights. Indie Insights is our bi-weekly newsletter and love note to the film industry, movies, and the creatives that make them, not to mention you, our esteemed listeners. Inside, you'll find curated industry trends, articles, exclusive commentary, and underappreciated films from filmmakers like you worldwide. And the best part is that it is completely free. So join today at www.bonsai.film. It takes just a few seconds. And once you sign up, you'll get the very next newsletter on Friday morning. It's that simple. Go to www.bonsai.film to get Indie Insights, our bi-weekly newsletter, and join a network of film creatives just like yourself. And don't worry, we'll never sell your information or spam you with a bunch of nonsense emails, just the bi-weekly film industry goodness you need. And if you ever tire of Indie Insights, simply unsubscribe. No gimmicks, no games. So go to www.bonsai.film to get Indie Insights for free. listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Buggs. Hello, hello, Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk Week, and that means I have my good friend and co-host of the Make It Podcast with me right here, right now, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. Hello, hello. I love it. You know, the, the, the staccato in that, you know, with me right now, mm-hmm. Nicholas yep. Bugs. Yep. Oh, no, no, no. I think you left out. You got to do the incomparable. No, I'll do I'll do that I'll like do that, that next time or maybe I'll I'll save it for Appreciate when I have a guest host. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna say that for someone who's not you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 and, and, exactly. But it has been a while though, and I'm so I'm yeah. so glad to sort of be back in the, the saddle with you. We had we had so many back interviews that I thought that it would be a dis- disservice not to let them out, not to release them to the world, to this audience. Yep. I agree. Because what happens is you can start to sort of map how old they are based on what we talk about. But, yep. You got it. And it's like, whoa, okay. That's a little dated. That subject matter. I even, I think I had to put a disclaimer on the front of one of these interviews where it's like, yeah, you did this is when we recorded this and that's how crazy of a country this can be sometimes still the best country in the world without question. Right. Cause if you ask anybody, okay, well, where are you going to go? Like spin the wheel of countries where you're moving tomorrow. Cause you're so fed up <laughs> All right? and nobody's leaving. Right. <laughs> so the deal is it's still the greatest country in the, in the world, but it's a, it can be an unusual place. And so for example, there was a conversation. I want to say it was with 
Michael McRae, uh, where we were talking about one shooting and in between our another recording one. and we re- released it, another shooting happened. Yep. So, and all of a sudden I'm listening back saying, oh my gosh, my comments on one shooting could be sort of mistaken and extrapolated to this new shooting and my feelings on that, which, you know, aren't, aren't accurate at all. So yeah. Yeah. We took a little hiatus for that reason, but now we are back. We are day drinking, by the way, recording this (laughs) in the afternoon, but we're not day drinking liquor. Uh, I'm having this Celsius live fit and I would love to be, you know what I would love to be drinking three E there you go. And I was going to say that, you know, I'm stepping into that Christian Gregory. Now, Christian, if you're seeing this, if you're hearing this, where's, where's our energy drinks, bro? Let's go. Yeah, no, we're, no, no, we're going to, we're going to get those. Now here's the thing. Now I'm on mine too. And I'll, you know, everybody knows probably. Yeah, no, everybody probably knows that I'm, this is, this is where I'm at these days is on this uptime right now. Here's, here's the thing. The reason I drink the uptime is because there's so few ingredients and I don't like stuff with a bunch of ingredients and ingredients. I can't read, read the ingredients of uptime to us. Right. You ready? Yeah. Filtered carbonated water, Mm -hmm. cane sugar, Mm -hmm. natural flavors, citric acid, calcium citrate, natural caffeine, potassium benzoate and potassium sorbate, both of which are preservatives, L-theanine, Panax ginseng root extract, angelica root extract, ascorbic acid, and coenzyme Q10. Now, I'm saying I'm on this, but back to what you said, Mm. this is one of the reasons why when the official word goes out on that 3E, now 3E is currently available, yeah, but when it kind of shifts and moves into some new territories and does some new things that we know it's going to do, I'll make that switch as well. So yeah, we want to drink we'll, the energy we'll drink that. designed for creatives, made by creatives. That would be that's right. Three. Now you said yours didn't have a lot of ingredients. Uh, this Celsius, which this flavor is the sparkling orange, it has carbonated filtered water. So my water is superior to your water. wait 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 because the word carbonated came first because mine says filtered carbonated yes of course (laughs) and then uh no i'm kidding citric acid yeah mine too natural flavor mine too. what the hell does that mean well that's the secret sauce what does natural flavor mean (laughs) yeah that's the secret sauce that's what me and you have yeah that's right (laughs) Uh, craig mack uh, sucralose. So that's what you don't like. And I'm okay with, there it is. There it is. That won't do it. Won't let it touch my body. Beta carotene for color. So we both have that. Mm-hmm. And this happens to contain 200 milligrams of caffeine. So not a lot of ingredients. Yep. And yes. sucralose, bro. That's the one, like I said, tons one, of vitamins. And I didn't mention the vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, but if I, I don't want to lit read every vitamin out. And plus I don't even know if I believe in that after all <laughs> these studies have come out about the supplements, who knows, you know, if that's absorbing, I, if it's not a whole right, food who knows vitamin, what's in what? I mean, what are you, what are you really getting? So one day we'll have a indie talk where I just go over my entire list of uh, what keeps me, you know, fit and young 
and all the supplements that I'm taking and all the supplements you're taking, um, steroids for you, right? That's what's keeping you so strong and <laughs> muscular. Saying, none of yeah. that. That's right. Again, again, this stuff does not touch for me. My I body. do the mousse spray, <laughs> and that's what keeps my forehead growing. Mm-hmm. And this is <laughs> you don't have a full head, you have a five head. A five head. Yeah. And shiny. Now, when you go to sleep, you don't have dreams, you have movies. <laughs> People like to take me to their business meetings because I'm always thinking ahead. That's right. <laughs> I'm always, uh, uh yeah, you're ahead of your yeah, class. I know. Ahead I understand. Of, ahead of, yeah, yep. ahead of the competition. Um, that's right. Let's talk about the movies we have watched since we've been gone because okay. it's been weeks, almost a month, maybe a month. And a lot has happened in the month. We're about to enter the, oh, well, we're like deeply, we're like in the center of the summer season for movies, both on streamers and in theaters. So specifically in theaters, and and I guess I'll mention that because I haven't watched movies on, on streaming as much as I have in theaters recently. So I watched Nope, it's Jordan Peele movie with Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya. Um, Who will not be in Black Panther 2. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I watched where the crawl dads sing. And before that I watched Jurassic park. I'd watched top gun. I'd seen those already. Yep. And I have not seen Thor. I know that you did decide to go see Thor, right? I did. Yep. What else have you seen? besides That's, that's the one that I've seen in the theater. Uh, we have talked about going to see Jurassic Park. I think my son wants to see that. Mm-hmm. Basically, the only reason I go to the theater is to see movies with him. You know, oh, it's like, okay. so that's it. It's like whatever he wants to see, that's what we'll see. Like he saw the Minions movie, you know, so he had seen that with his cousin. So I didn't see that with him. Uh, and then he wanted to see, I think he kind of wants to see Jurassic Park. He's really into the the series that they have out there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Camp Cretaceous. I think season three just dropped today. So he's super excited about that. Yeah. But Thor, man, that was definitely an interesting experience. And I, of course I call it an experience because anytime you go to the theater, that's what it is. Right. That's the benefit of going into the theaters is that there's an experience there. How packed was it? It wasn't. Um, so this oh. was uh, just this past Friday. I think you'd probably say there were about, I want to say 50, maybe, maybe 40 people there. I'd say 40 people. Yeah. Because yeah, I'd say 40 people. So I'll just say this. I'll start out it's with not this. A lot. It's not a lot, but I'll start out with this. Not, not with a critique or discussion of the film. First, I want to talk about the, the experience. Okay. This is the first time in my life I have been in a theater where when the movie ended, the theater was completely silent. (laughs) Okay. Right. And then to couple that with the fact that this was an action movie, right? This was an Avengers movie. This was a Marvel movie. This was supposed to be also this, you know, again, the director, Taika Waititi is like, he's a, he's a comedian, right? So mm-hmm. there's comic elements to this film. There's no one laughing. 
at the end of this movie. There's no one commenting on a scene or a joke or a thing that happened or excitement even about the next thing, right? Because that's the way Marvel works, right? There's always something coming next that they allude to. It was completely quiet. We just stood, I just stood there and I look at my son. I was like, can you hear this? He's like, what? I was like, exactly. There's nothing. <laughs> you know, and it was just a weird, literally never in my life have I experienced that. So now you take that back to well, the what film. And I think have? what should, what, what should you have heard and what have you heard in the past? Just so just people talking about the film. Yeah. Just people talking about the film. Have you seen, did you see that? Or like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Or that was so cool. When just post movie chatter, right? It was no post movie chatter. It's like people were just grabbing their trash. The ones that actually take their trash and left. It was, it was just crazy. So again, back to the film itself, I see why I was quiet too. Yeah. It's a remarkable thing for it to be quiet after a film. Um, I remember watching burn after reading uh, the Coen brothers movie and it was at, so now we're used to it, but at the time it was a weird movie. And I remember there were like six teenage boys to the left of me. And they were like, one of them said out loud, what the hell did you bring me to? (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, Sally was, I was with Sally and she was so disinterested. Like, mm. and that's the worst. The worst is when you bring someone to a movie that, that you're thoroughly enjoying and they right. could, they could care less. So I'm loving the movie. I looked over <laughs> at the teenage boys, like, are we watching the same movie? You're right. What are you and, talking and, about? And then I look over at Sally and it's like, are we watching this? Like, no, I actually expected her to act that way. I was like, okay, this, this isn't her kind of thing. Not sure. Bad. I get it. Right. Cause she would have sat there like that with Pulp Fiction. Right. So that's a movie that's so polarizing yet. There was still noise. See what I mean? Yes. There's chatter. Still chatter. Yes. I watched, um, before that came out, just to give you a second example, I watched a Tom green movie called Freddie got fingered. Yeah. Freddie got fingered is, and I love, I love Tom green. And if this, if he ever hears this, this is not personal. I think he would admit to this. Freddie got fingered is the worst movie I've seen in the theater. Okay. And cause in act one, you're laughing because it's Tom green in act two. You're like, okay, this is going somewhere. This is going somewhere. <laughs> act three didn't even, it had nothing to do with the movie. Like, like, Act three was not connected to the rest of the movie. And, and it was, the, it was, there was only two movies I've ever been to where I've seen people actively walk out of the movie. This was yeah. one of the two. And wow. even when they're walking out of the movie, feeling totally jib, some people saying they want their money back. Yeah. That was chatter. Chatter. Yeah. And like it's something silence that you is, expect. Is, is, un, is, is really unusual. Yeah. It's it's unheard of. And again, if you add all the layers, right, where this is a Marvel film, this is an action movie, like all the things, it's supposed to be, a, you know, comedic as well. It was just amazing. So anyway, bring it back to Thor. And I don't want to stay on it too long because it wasn't worth the money <laughs> be paying to watch it. <laughs> I don't want refund. to spend too much time. Exactly. But it was one of those where it was just, I'll just say it was largely disappointing um, from just the storytelling I and mean, even the acting, I said, I was like, you know, what are they turning Thor into? You know, it was, and now you I are have Marvel, to go as, 
Marvel like geek guy, right? Like a like a no, Marvel, I'm not a Marvel like, geek guy. Like, I'm just like, I'm, you, are, I'm like just, you. No, come on. No, no, don't take me. Don't, don't take me there. Because the thing is, when you go Marvel, if you want to go Marvel geek audience. level, if you want to go Marvel geek level, that's when you understand the relationship to the comic, which I don't. Right, I don't know anything about the comics. Well, that's where a lot of folks will say, "Well, you didn't understand that, or you didn't like that," but it's true to the comic, right? I don't oh, know. Got it, got it. So, like, we have right, a mutual so, friend named BC that. When knows all those think, details. We'll probably think the movie was good because of that, right? Yeah, and, and at least give it a certain rating because of the connection to the comic. And we can talk yeah. about that. I've got a whole idea about how people rate films, especially if you're married to the IP. Yeah. I think that is a significant portion of the rating. I think you're a six minimum if you're true to the comic. <laughs> oh, right? Like, well, yeah, we, crazy. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, well, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't go that far. So anyway, yeah. but as far as like the just, writing. Just for being um, true, you get a six. That's crazy. Yeah, you get a six. So for me, I want, watching it even from my son and he's sitting there like what's happening like what is going on dad like where's the action where is this it was just dry and it was very interesting to me that they were able to put this out there with all of these great actors Mm -hmm. right celebrity actors in a film that could have been played those those parts could have been played by anyone right if they didn't need the level of celebrity that they got in order for them to make that movie yeah. And that that's what I mean. It was almost dumbed down. You know, it's like they like some of the characters made this movie on the weekend while they were making a serious movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like oh boy. that's what it felt like to me. And I was just like, wow, some of the stuff they Damn. said, some of the things that they did. Yeah, and it was just it was weak. It was just um it was it was kind of unfortunate, but it was just but that's the one that I saw. And you know, when you when we were talking about the theaters and that you'd mentioned to me, like, like you know, that, that theater experience is back for you, and it is to a degree for us. You know, we're going back to the theater. But I think that there's other films that are potentially gonna save the theater where films like this make you question it. Right. Yeah, that's I what mean, it did for me. That was a huge I'm like, why am I spending this money in the theater when I could have turned this crap off at home? Right. If I had waited for it to come out on Disney Plus, I just nope. Click Jordan Peele. Nope. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's done. But I couldn't do that. I was stuck spending that money. So yeah, it was Yeah, you feel once crazy. you spend the money, you do feel stuck. It's that's why it's so difficult to walk out on a theater, even if you even if you like like it. Um I want I can't remember who there was an experience recently where the film stopped in the middle. And they couldn't get it back up. And, you know, it sounds like a story about an old man. Uh, <laughs> Don't even. Getting out of a warm bath. <laughs> but, the, the, but no, they couldn't get the movie going again. And they just gave everyone their money back. And I was like, I don't know, man. That kind of doesn't cut it, right? Like you took the whole night. You're out there in the theater. You've seen half the movie. Right. And I guess you get free tickets to come back out, but now you have to come back out. Like it's a thing. Um, so, and, like, and these days like, yo bro, you're going to pay for my gas to get back here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a real, that's a Joke real way across town, bro. It was the $13 and 47 cents. You know, that's a, that's a real deal. So you take, you know, situations, experiences like that, combine them with your experience where there were 40 people in a theater to see a major tentpole movie. And then that yep. movie wasn't good. You know, it's like, man, um, you know, that that's not looking good for theaters, but in my experience with the movies I saw, so top gun, when I saw it was 
incredibly packed. And Top Gun yep. is the best movie I've seen this year. Jurassic Park, not as good as Top Gun, but the theater was completely packed. We went to see where the crawdads sing because we're friends with the cousin of the person who wrote the book. And so we, we had read the book or, or books mm-hmm. if there are like, and we, we watched it and it was packed. Like the, the this is like a ton of people in theater. And yep. the reason I mentioned that movie in particular is there's no action in it. It's not a tentpole movie. It doesn't have anybody, you know, in it and can name, I mean, maybe the lead actress. My biggest problem with that movie was the lead. Not that she's not a terrific uh, talent. It's just that she's, too English and dainty to be living in the marsh in North Carolina. I, I would have liked Jennifer Lawrence in that who's proven through her roles, especially in winter's bone that she can actually play that person that feels genuinely at home, you know, in the marsh and doing rough and tumble things. Like I, I didn't buy, there's a scene where the main character punches a really abusive guy. I didn't buy that. <laughs> and she did a good job. It's just that she's too skinny right. and she's too dainty in English to, for me to believe that she would have hit that dude with any force. Whereas Jennifer Lawrence feels like, yeah, she might've knocked him out. Yeah. And, him out. Yeah. and that, that, you know, so, but the point is the theater is packed. And then, uh, uh, nope. It was, a now to be fair on this one, this was a screening. Yeah. Uh, so before nope came out. So it's kind of like, it's going to be packed, but, but here's the thing. Screening was on Tuesday. Theater was packed, of course, but the entire movie theater. So yeah, our auditorium was packed, but the entire movie theater on a Tuesday night was people wall to wall. The concession line was so packed that I missed the first five minutes of the movie. And I'm, I was in the premiere line cause I'm an AMC guy and yep. my line was like, I would say five X shorter than the rest of the, the regular line. And all I ordered was a soft drink. So I, I was looking around thinking to myself, I think theaters are, are back. And maybe what I'm finding is that it could be regional based on that region's, feelings toward COVID. I think there, well, there's that and there's regional depending on that region's feeling towards the content. And then I think about, you know, I wonder how many theaters were showing where the crawdads sing. I mean, when I see theaters, excuse me, how many um, theater rooms were they showing it in at that auditoriums? Yeah, probably right. I mean, auditoriums. And the reason I, I say that is because Thor, I think was showing it in at least three, Right. So you could get the regular view, you could get the IMAX view, or you could get the IMAX 3D view. Mm -hmm. Right. So now you've got people split across three different auditoriums, depending on a couple of things, how much you want to pay and whether or not you like 3D. We don't like watching those movies in 3D. They kind of messes up the experience because I feel like in many times the 3D is not integrated with the movie, uh, the writing of the movie. Yeah. I feel like it's more, you know, opportunistic. Oh, that would be a cool thing to make 3d. Yeah. And then they don't do it 
for a while when they're like, well, why wasn't that 3d? And then it's like, Oh, that thing's 3d. It's like, they're still playing with the technology. So it's like, why would you pay the extra couple dollars to watch that foolishness? So we don't I've mentioned do it before. Once they figure out how to make the theater 3d, once they figure out how to make the theater VR, all that technology will, will take off. Uh, yeah, well that, and the we, sound, we don't wear I think they need to face. work on the sound. Yeah, but work on the sound. Like I'm good with the thing on my face. If you one, if you're, you're really conscientious, you're right. The glasses on my face. Gla- oh, no. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're stuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're you're still still stuck in the old man getting it halfway <laughs> up. So, <laughs> yeah, it's my apologies. So, my apologies. Yeah, so so I'm good with the glasses. But the thing is that again, they need to be conscientious about how they do it and how often they used it and make it an integrated part of the experience. The second thing is, is they could do a lot better with the sound. I mean, make the sound come out of my left ear, go into my right ear and like do all make it move with that. And I think it'll be more immersed in that experience. But without that, you just asked me to pay a couple extra dollars for some glasses that I got to give back at the end of the day anyway. So, so you're really anyway, not talking it, about headphones. You're, you're talking about the way that it's the sound is actually, the scoring is actually mixed so yeah. that, you take advantage of the surround sound in a particular type of theater. Exactly. Because you know that, like you said, it can be mixed that way. Right. So if you have a dragon that goes from the left side of the theater to the right and your 3d, I yeah. want to hear it go from the left to the right. And I want to just come in straight at me. That would add to the experience. Uh, but anyway, all that to say that for Thor, they might've actually diluted our theatrical experience by giving us multiple auditorium, showing the same movie around the same time. Right. Because right. you can't always trust the audience you're, you're in the movie with. Right. Uh, like, right. Cause I'll go back to m- the story I've told in the past about snakes on a plane. The people that I was in there with, it was as if we were about to watch Macbeth for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> like they, <laughs> I've never seen so much energy for right. such a, it's not a good movie. But it's not a bad movie. That it's, it's, it's almost it's almost like uh, it's almost like the trailer we we saw for Blood and Honey, the Winnie the Pooh. I guess so. So let me give some background. Well, actually, <laughs> give some background on why it's possible that there's a Winnie the Pooh trailer for what seems to be a horror movie with Winnie the Pooh called Blood and Honey. Yeah, why it's possible. Why it's possible. So the, the simple fact of the matter is, is that there are characters that get shifted back. I only say back, but they get shifted into the public domain. And public domain is like a lot of other things that you, you know normally people think of, where it's, you know there's photography, right? There's pictures, photos, there's images in the public domain that you can use on your PowerPoint presentation, right? right. That you can use in creating a trailer. You can use in creating, you know. Um, extra scenes in a movie. This stuff is out there and available for you to use, mm-hmm. but there are actually characters out there in this world that you know and love from potentially your childhood uh, that are in the public domain, which means that you can use those characters and their names in new things going forward. Right. And I think that they do this a lot in the comic space. I've seen numerous characters in that space where you see, Oh, they're in this comic. They're also in this thing. And some new you know, person comes along and writes a comic. I was like, well, how did they do that with Hercules? You know, well, Hercules in the public domain. That's why these different people can use it. So there's a, a laundry list of these characters. And just recently Winnie the Pooh 
and I guess in the band of characters in Winnie the Pooh <laughs> have gone on to the public domain. So recently as uh, recent as I guess middle or the beginning of this month, there was an announcement that um, there is, I guess the studio who's working uh, with a filmmaker to bring to life blood and honey, which is a Winnie the Pooh horror film. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. The, the little subtle laugh that you're giving, that's, that's where I'm saying like, what, what Winnie the Pooh horror movie? Like, what are you talking about? Like what, that's just craziness. But you know, what do you, what did they do? You know, what did the filmmaker do? They took intellectual property, right? We always talk about this, right? Branded IP, IP that's known. And they coupled it with a genre, which is horror where the folks are just hungry for more, right? That's just, yeah. it's an insatiable appetite that folks in the horror genre have for horror films. So they've taken that and put those two things together and they've, at least started to make this film and there's a trailer out there. You can check it out on YouTube. And I think we'll that have at least put it in the show notes. Yep. And it pops yeah. up in a couple of different places. Uh, but what you'll see is that in one place, the thing has 2 million views. I think the trailer is all of 33 seconds long. I think they have some other trailers out there where it's like a minute something, but I think the minute something might have some buffer or something like that in it, but a 2 million views in a month. Right. Another site that's 1.5 million views in a month. Another site is 1.2 million views in a month. And I would, I think you could agree, right, Chris, that the trailer is, let's just say less than inspiring. It's student film esque. Right. But it has 2 million views. Yes. Right. Well, so more, more, there's more than that in the aggregate, but yeah, on one in channel, the aggregate, exactly. over 2 million and, and 1800 comments was the one, comments. the one video I saw. Right. So what is, what are comments? Comments is engagement, engagement, right? Yeah. So this filmmaker at the studio basically has, you know, all of these views, all of this engagement, it's the smart play, right? Whether or not the film turns out to be, you know, a unicorn or do whatever, this film can likely get funded based off of its proven engagement right? It's proven virality, right? In a month's time, 10 million views. Let's, let's say, let's just call it 6 million views across three different channels. That's viral, right? In a month's time, right? So it's viral. And who's talking about it? Like you, Chris, you asked me like, how did I even hear about it? I got it from a news feed through IGN, mm. right? So IGN is saying, you know, here's this thing and it's gone viral, right? That's again, you go viral with anything then it increases its virality, right? As soon as, as soon as someone says it went viral, well, you gotta, you gotta watch it, right? And then you, you watch it, you're going to share it. So anyway, I think the, the filmmakers are doing something very interesting here. We'll see where it goes, but it's a good play. Can I read some of the comments? Please, please. So we talked about it looking like a student film, right? And when we're making that comment from the perspective of having made feature films, short films and reviewed and given notes on many, 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 like countless others. Right. Right. Like and just having love reviewed. for movies and we've been watching movies and television our whole life. Right. Right. And having reviewed and watched many a uh, student film as well. So. Exactly. So Moonlight Hunter says, well done. <laughs> the silhouette of Winnie's head and ear in the window gave me the chills mm. with 889 thumbs up to that wow. particular comment. 
So Jeez. what do we know? Yeah. What do we know about quality? What do we know about what looks like a student film and what doesn't? Or even uh, expectations around whether or not that is a, whether that matters, right? It looking like a student film may actually work in the film's favor. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't quite look like found footage. It's not like Blair Witch. No, it's not found footage. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think they were going for found footage maybe, but there were like too many cuts and they needed just to do it in one shot. Anyway, Das yep. is ma- main uh, says they took his honey. He took their lives. <laughs> right. Already I, making taglines for the film. They're already making, yeah, they're already making log lines for the film. Um, now this person, Isabella blue says, this feels like it was made by a student film and, uh, or a film student in the early nineties. Uh, can't wait. That's, to that's say, not, not necessarily a bad thing, right? Right. No, well not for them. Can't, can't wait to say to my kids, this is the real Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> uh, uh, you stole his honey. Now he wants blood. Uh, <laughs> yep. Blood and honey. Uh, Remember, if Disney sues this, it's considered canon. Uh, This has there's 1,800 hilarious comments on this, and some take it seriously. Some are having fun playing along. Some are really like looking forward to the the movie. And and a lot of people reference like, "Oh, I can't wait to show this to my little sister or brother. They're going to be freaked out because they thought Winnie was so nice." And my my feedback and comment on this is is simple because how do we how do we rectify this like how do we give our best take and i wouldn't call it advice but just something meaningful to this audience about mm-hmm. um how we reconcile the lack of quality with the virality that you mentioned and to me there's a lot of things that happen uh, throughout our lives that are subtle reminders of this fact that I'm about to share with you. So I was told early on in my entrepreneurial life in my early twenties that making money isn't a factor of working really hard or, uh, working really long or any of that stuff, working even smart, even, it was really a factor of what market you chose to work in. So if you choose to be a social worker, you're going to have a legacy of helping others and uh, changing people's lives forever. If you choose to be a teacher, same thing. If you want money though, you should go work on wall street, wall street, because that's where the money is. And some people do that and say, well, I'll work on wall street and then I'll come back and do philanthropy or I'll teach or I'll, I'll do social work or whatever. I'll create homes, foster homes for kids with the money I make on wall street. So it's really a function of picking the right place to work. Right. Uh, I'll give you another example. Okay. Uh, independent filmmakers tend to make horror films. We know that, but what are the horror films about? If they're not making a horror film, it seems like it's a drama and it's always a family drama. It's a drama. What is the drama about what they did so masterfully, much more masterfully than the trailer is they picked 
the right subject. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Yeah. It's really, to me, it's, it couldn't be simpler. It's just, do you have the heart for it? Is it for you? Social media. If you want a million followers, be a person that takes their clothes off. Simple. simple it could not be simpler. <laughs> right. Be, be either incredibly funny, like top 2% funny, or take your clothes off. It's that simple if you want a huge social media following that you can potentially leverage. Now, there are problems with that. I like the comedy part because you can eventually do a comedy show. But with the taking your clothes off part, it's diminishing returns because you have to be ever more salacious each post. And the second you get some, decide to put your clothes back on and do something else, all your followers lose engagement. So they were, they weren't following you for the right reason. You're frustrated. It's like, okay, I guess I gotta take my clothes off again. So, and that's every social media network I've I've ever been on. Uh, So you have to really make those decisions. Like what, what career do I want? Who do I want to become? Are these filmmakers going to be able to make another film after this Winnie the Pooh film? Will they be Mm -hmm. able to basically cash this lottery ticket twice. Cause to your point, Nick, there are other characters out there that are, that are in the public domain. The public is smarter. They're a little bit more intuitive than we give them credit for not me and you, but I mean, in general, <laughs> in general, it, it's really difficult to fool them. And, and so people are always surprised. Why didn't this work? The first one worked. Well, you did that already. Can't cash that lottery ticket twice. You already. So if they come back with, Puff the magic dragon, he wants more than just a puff. And it's like a horror movie. It's not going to work. Yeah, well, here's the, here's the deal. It depends, right? It depends. And it depends on you know one of the things you mentioned earlier. What if they do this well? And that's what they make their name for is maybe it's the parody of it, right? The parody of these public domain characters from our childhood. So they make the first one, they do the Puff the Magic Dragon because people are like, that's what they're doing now is they're parodying, right? These characters. And that's what we're in for. Like, that's the thing that we're signing up I to see. be a part of. Yeah. So that could be it. And that's what it, I think it, about. It, I mean, I think work. about it, our buddy Motki and what he does, oh, yes. right? And the, in his special way, imagine if Motki were to take these public domain characters and do what he does with them. Like it's... It's endless, Maybe. right? You're talking about endless possibility right. because he does. He would do it in such a witty, whimsical, fun, yeah, you know, balanced the way. Is, that it is, would just is, be. The difference is, though, Nick. And, uh, let me just jump in here. The difference with that is, you know, Maki has something serious he wants to say. Well, and that once, Maki is in a higher you, quality. And once you become <laughs> the, I, I made a, mo- a horror movie with the Hamburglar. Uh, you can't go back and and preach to anybody through your art, right? Which is oh, yeah. part, of the, that, part of the point of being a great filmmaker is you have a narrative platform to get a message across. that's very difficult to put into words or that you couldn't get across in a single conversation with someone. If it did work, like you said, I think that filmmaker would need to be smart, like weird Al Yankovic. So yeah, there's going to be parody. a piece of this audience that has no clue who yeah. that is. So Weird Al <laughs> was a big deal in the eighties, maybe the early to mid nineties yep. um, where he would do parodies of songs, 
But where he was really smart is that he kept changing the genre in which he would parody. So he'd mm-hmm. go from Michael Jackson to Coolio, which, you know, now we know who Coolio is now, but back then he was like a, he was like a legitimate rapper. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he still could be, I'm just saying, I don't, I, I think he might be known now for the guy who passed out having too much hot sauce on hot ones. But, uh, but back in the day, rapper won a Grammy, and and then he switched from that and did I think he did R. Kelly trapped in the cl- uh, closet except it was called trapped in the drive through brilliant and then he's done uh, some rock parodies so he keeps changing the genre even though it's a parody so if you did Winnie the Pooh horror then come back and then make like a, a sexy like Fifty Shades of Grey but with Puff the Magic Dragon. Well, you think about that. Think about that. It's possible. And that's the thing is that there's, there's ways to make it work, but the bottom line is, and this is what it all comes sexy puff. And for me is making sure that you're leveraging, they're leveraging IP. They're leveraging things that people know, you know, and you're talking about things. I mean, here's the other part about things that people know in IP. It's really, it's, it's connected to these people's upbringing, right? There are these formative years that you have where you create these relationships with characters right. With music, with art. And if you can kind of key in on those characters and then bring your own flavor to that, I think you've already tied into an audience that is willing. And, it, and it's a generational audience. That's well, that the thing. It's point. like yeah. people like, of the eighties, right? the right people subject. of the nineties. Exactly. And yeah. then, and stick with that anyway. So that's one of the things that they're doing is that, you know, uh, there's these characters in the public domain, they're leveraging them. Second thing is they're leveraging an, an audience that's insatiable, which is the horror audience. Yep. Third, the thing that I mentioned to you is when you see these things on YouTube, you'll notice where it says official trailer, there's that little red line <laughs> that precedes it. Okay. Yeah. And that little red line kind of gives you the sense that, wait a second, is this Netflix? Right? So yeah. as a, as a subscriber of Netflix, you might be, you know, wondering what the next thing is and you want to see, Oh, look at that. The next thing is blood and honey. So you click on it. Right. So you have, I do not recommend doing this though to this audience. Oh, oh, yeah. And I will tell you, I will tell you the little line that may become a problem. I don't think that they have copyright or any control or ownership, but I will say that when I was showing you the trailers in the list of YouTube, you know, um, (laughs) videos, one of them said Netflix in the top left corner. Yeah. And I went to show you on camera and I was like, Chris, look. And as soon as I did that, what happened? The whole thing shut down. Whole thing shut down. Came back up. I tried, I tried to find it and I couldn't find it again. That thing was gone. Reed so who knows who did to the podcast, taking that away. Exactly. So, so who knows who did that? But yeah, don't, don't play like that. Don't put Netflix. Yeah, Cause they'll just stuff. wait till you make money and then they'll sue you. Yeah. Or, you know, they'll yeah. send some muscle or, but anyway, or, it was, yeah. so it, it, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, um, don't, don't, don't step over the line is my yeah. point. I don't know if they needed it, you know, like I think it would have went viral. No, I think someone way. else did that. I think yeah. someone else did that, you know, so yeah. that's the thing. It shows up on all these different things. And again, someone who saw the line might have made the assumption that it was Netflix and decided to put that on there themselves. My point in that is that they, they use the little red line. They use the font to just grab people, clickbait to grab people and pull them in. Right. So there are these ways of doing that on, on YouTube that you need to think about as a filmmaker, right? If you're putting stuff out there, there's ways to present that initial image of your video 
that can then send it into virality if you're smart about it. Yeah. Every YouTuber that's successful that I've heard speak uh, in podcasts or interviews talks about the importance of being a great thumbnail picker, meaning you are the, you pick the right image to get people to click on it uh, and the right words to overlay that image. And then, you know, you're going to do so much better uh, by percentage in terms of views, but, but two, two quick things and then we'll, we'll get out of here. All right. One, the Netflix thing. I think it's a shame that Netflix was the logo used on one of these videos. And the reason why it was Netflix, people could argue, well, they're the number one streamer in the world. I argue it's because no one would have bought the idea that HBO Max had purchased this. Or any one Netflix and not another. Correct. Yeah. I don't think Showtime. Yeah, I don't think I think there's a reason Showtime's logo didn't show up. I think there's a reason Hulu's didn't show up or Disney Plus or whatever. Yeah. Or or Paramount Plus or Peacock. Netflix is becoming synonymous with kind of like B plus content. Like they have a show coming out called F Boy Island. Yeah, man, I saw that. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. While yeah, HBO yeah. is like doubling down on like an app an Apple TV and Disney plus are doubling down and tripling down on like the most innovative and daring and risky content, interesting content with interesting, you know, performances and things like that. And Netflix is like, I think we put on social media, like they greenlit some show called the sex room where a real estate agent comes in and t- teaches you how to build a sex oh, yeah. room. And sex it's like design or something like that. Yes, yeah. yeah something like that. that. And it's like, come on. Like not, no, not no, only as consuming... an investor, cause I'm an investor in Netflix. So not only as yeah. an investor, but also just as a person who wants to see Reed Hastings and Netflix win, uh, for other reasons, like they, they need to not be tempted by blood and honey and by this. They need to yeah, go. They're, cons- they're consuming audiences is what content. they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're consuming audiences. That's their plan. It's like spread out like the, you know, like a virus. Well, they just, you know, did just Q2 like, re- reporting and they lost a million more s- subs and uh, you know, and they did that and, and they had stranger things and they had Lincoln lawyer and they had uh, Seinfeld rolling through there. So, I, you know, I wonder, I, I think their pricing's weird. I think that, um, Oh, I mean, that's definitely, I, I think, they're, I think, I think the they're becoming mature as a company. You know, I've been part of companies where you have a growth period that's created by product management, uh, by, uh, creative people, by sales and, 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 you know, new biz energy. And then once you become big because of that, somehow or another, the COO or the CFO just kind of take over and, and the accountants take over you manage what person you underneath the, the CFO take over and it becomes about efficiency and optimization. HR gets deeply involved all of a sudden tells you what you can and can't say and do and think, and you stop taking the risk that made you big. And I think that's where Netflix is. I think they're, they're in a place. The investment. That's yeah. where they get, that's why they get yeah. there. Yeah. Where like, hey, we got the, this. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I think all the other streamers <laughs> yeah. are taking risks. 
that Netflix isn't taking. Yeah, Especially, exactly. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And like you said, they could be looking at them and saying, you guys are being comfortable, right? And, and you are being risk averse. So we're going to take risks to create environments of content that people want to come to, as opposed to trying to bring in everybody, right? That's yeah. what all this, you know, uh, nonsense is F boy and sex design, all this stuff. It's like, no, I think that's like probably said, yeah, it's like, it was, they were probably like, look, <laughs> the people who aren't watching us, what are they watching? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's go be that. Yeah. So that they'll come over here. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Whether your HBO Max is your Apple TVs are saying, no, we, we're going to double down on story and double down on, you know, who's in it, production quality and performances. We're going to double down on that. And people will naturally gravitate because as soon as you start having a couple of people watch it and see how quality it, then word of mouth, the Holy grail, right. That's yeah. going to do it for us. We don't yeah. have, and those people who come, they can go to Netflix to watch that nonsense or they can go to wherever, but they're coming over here. Yeah. because they get that special content. And once they realize the quality difference, they'll stay with an HBO max or an Apple TV. And then we'll cut the cord with Netflix because they realize that that stuff isn't of the quality that they really yeah, want. Because Netflix is the most expensive. So they should have the most premium content, both in the way it looks on your screen and the content you're watching. I'll give you exhibit a, before I go to my second point, when we get out of here <laughs> is succession on HBO max. There's no reason that show should be the best show on TV. Like it, it just did. It didn't have anything that you would traditionally say, Oh, we're going to go watch that because of who's in it or whatever, or the energy behind it. it just turned out that they have an incredible writer and incredible team and inc incredible performances. So again, it doubles down on what we've always said. Story is yep. king. And then I, I think the other point I just want to make about this before we get out of here is I, I just want to drill this point home, which is picking the right. I think that a lot of times we see what's popular in the culture, in the moment. And we say, I'm not going to be like them. They're all doing that over there. I'm doing the opposite. And I think there's a time to do that. I, I do. And I, and there's, there's a lot of quotes and cliches around not following the crowd and not being a lemming. Yeah. But when you're an indie filmmaker and you want to make a name for yourself, my point I was trying to draw home earlier is maybe you should just pick for the first thing you do, just pick a subject that you know, has the interest of millions, hundreds of millions of people. Right. Right. Like instead of doing like a documentary, uh, let's say you want to do a documentary instead of doing a documentary on some obscure subject, do a documentary on the Kardashians and the effect they've had on our society for the last two decades. You are going to win. If you do that, will you want to kill yourself? <laughs> you because it. you chose that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. <But> right. <laughs> you will win in all right. ways. If you make that and build that up and do it. That's all I'm saying. Nick. Yep. I'm with you. And that's why we always talk about intellectual property and the value therein. And with all the stuff that's out there in the public domain and even the, the ability to do a documentary or, you know, an opinion piece that references those types of folks, like, again, you're leveraging a market that already exists, right? So if you can do that, even in short form, again, I think that is a recipe for success. 
I absolutely love it. That's a great place to stop. And uh, like I said, we'll have that trailer in the show notes and anything else mm-hmm. we mentioned, uh, we'll, we'll try to put in there as well. And I think you guys will get a kick out of it. Um, and go to the theaters and see what we're saying. What, what's your experience? We'd love to hear it. Hit us up at contact at bonsai.film or on social media at underscore bonsai creative. Either place is fine. We'd love to hear what your theater experience is. Is it a, is it a room with 40 people in it? Is it a theater where the film reel didn't work? Is it a theater that's packed and people are engaged and there's a lot of chatter and uh, the concession lines are, are packed uh, and, and take you 20 minutes to get through? We want to hear about those experiences so we can talk about them on the next Indie Talk. You can also find out more about this podcast and more about us as an organization, Bonsai Creative, at bonsai.film. But most importantly, when you go there, you can engage with us both in the branding and marketing space. So if you have a film that needs to be branded and marketed and you don't have a budget for that, or you made a budget for it, but you don't know who to hire all these types of things where you would need a consult or you would need someone to execute that we can do that for you. So that's bonsai.film. And then the other thing that's there that I, I love, there's two other things, actually two other things I love is uh, first our newsletter in the insights comes out every two weeks on a Friday. It's great. So join that network of creatives and it's really easy. We have a little pop-up on the website. You just put your email in there. We're never going to spam you. We're never going to sell your stuff. All we're going to give you is great uh, filmmaker goodness every two weeks. And it will be stuff you can use. Uh, And it's just stuff we come across over a span of a couple of weeks that we think are really interesting and hope you will too. And last but not least, we have officially started our fiscal sponsorship voice of the filmmaker. So this is a great opportunity. It's a partnership we have with the women in film and television Nashville. And it's a great opportunity for you to put a couple of dollars towards the success and creative uh, endeavors of uh, women in film. And so if you want to see that thrive, simply go to uh, bonsai.film and you'll be able to click at the top, I believe Nick and, and click voice of the filmmaker, click the donate button. And that money goes directly to the films and create uh, uh, creative endeavors of, of women in film and members of the women in film and television. And hopefully something great will come out of that. Um, and that you guys in the audience can actually watch in the future. And again, for the newsletter, it's just bonsai.film forward slash newsletter, or you can just go to the main site and you'll get a pop-up. So Nick with that, Please leave us with the credo. Yeah, always, man. This is awesome. It's good to be back with you. And like, I know you're here laughing at like the credo, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, to our filmmaking friends and family and uh, followers out there, uh, be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening, Nick. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. We'll do it again. All right. Be good. All right, man. Take it easy. Yep. Peace. Peace. Hey, gang. One more thing before you go. I want to talk to you about Indie Insights. Indie Insights is our bi-weekly newsletter and love note to the film industry, movies, and the creatives that make them, not to mention you, our esteemed listeners. Inside, you'll find curated industry trends, articles, exclusive commentary, and underappreciated films from filmmakers like you worldwide. And the best part is that it's completely free. So... Join today at www.bonsai.film. It just takes a few seconds, and once you sign up, you'll get the very next newsletter. It's that simple. Go to 
www.banzai.film to get indie insights, our bi-weekly newsletter, and join a network of film creatives like yourself. And don't worry, we'll never sell your information or spam you with a bunch of nonsense emails, just the bi-weekly film industry goodness you need. And if you ever tire of Indie Insights, we hope not, but if you do, simply unsubscribe. No gimmicks, no games. So, one more time, go to www.bonsai.film to get Indie Insights for free. And thank you for listening.